York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick the Time Show here. Give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk another Knicks loss. The Knicks lose a heartbreaker in Manhattan. 115-100 to 100, losing to this Miami Heat. But we still saw some nice things from the Bodman himself. Bodman Barrett. Broadway, Barrett, whatever you want to call him, scores 46 points, 51% from the field, 55% from three, gives you nine rebounds, 14 to 22 from the free throw line, and has a career high night. Gunshot for RJ Barrett. Uh, even though nobody else on this Knicks team stepped up, Julius Randle only gave you 11 points, Alec Burks gave you 12 points, Evan Fournier gave you 13, and the bench got blasted by the Heat bench. And we could not recover, even though once we were down 16, we cut the lead to one in the third quarter. But uh, it's all too low. You already know what it is, man. We're missing point guards. We're missing playmakers. And turnovers was the name of the game once again. The Knicks had a season-low scoring game in the fourth quarter. Not season-low, but a, a game-low scoring game in the fourth quarter. Blowing this... Uh, not a lead, but a fake comeback and losing to this Miami Heat, very talented Miami Heat team. And we're going to talk all about it, man. And not only going to talk all about it, we're going to talk about the Knicks news that's been going on around Knicks Nation. Talking about Kemba Walker, talking about Derrick Rose, and uh, talking about everything that else is going on with Knicks Nation. But shout out to everybody that's rocking with the KOT show on the late night, man. We're here talking. We're here after every game, win or lose, talking post-game with uh usually with Ryan G and Roy Hebrew Remnant, but tonight it's just your boy Jelly Ellis holding it down. So if you like uh Nick's news, you like post games, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, because we're gonna be here after every game and also talking Nick's news as such. Before I even start the game and the breakdown, shout out to everybody that's here on a Friday night. Could be anywhere in the world, but to hear me rocking with us. Shout out to Drip Moore, shout out to Cameron Goldberg, shout out to Picks for Timmy, shout out to Telehani Hondro, shout out to Be Civilized, shout out to Paul Butler, shout out to Cameron Goldberg. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Um yeah, now let's get to it. Let's get to it. It, it was crazy because um the Knicks start off with a 10-0 lead to start the first quarter. And it looks like, you know, we was, we was about to make a push. But if you've been following this Knicks team as of recent, you already know with this team, there is no lead that is safe. And this is just how the Heat drew it up. Score big in the first quarter. Just came out with game busters with 32 points in the first quarter. And as the trend has been going, as we get to the fourth quarter, only score 15 points and that has been the trend for the last eight games where the Knicks have not been able to keep up its offensive production in the fourth quarter thus highlighting our need for a point guard and a playmaker uh, at the end of games but forget all that I want to talk about some good news today and the good news today is RJ Barrett is a gamer and I'm not I don't know about you but I'm a little bit surprised because for those of you who've been following RJ Barrett, 
Andre Barrett has a tendency to start slow, right? In the beginning of the season, he he starts off kind of slow. He, he starts to trot it up, and then all of a sudden, he starts hitting his stride and hitting shots and taking over games later. So when he had that long layoff plus the all-star break, I was not expecting a career high straight up off the gate from R.J. Barrett, but that's exactly what he gave you. And how did he do it? He, he did it by doing a few things. First of all, um, he started going to the hole with consistency, and he was finishing at a high rate, something that he, he's struggling doing for his first few years and something that he was struggling doing for a, a portion of this season. Now he's starting to do now. He is going to the hole, and he's either drawing fouls or he's finishing it at the rack. Um, second of all, um, people have always thought that R.J. Barrett would not be able to make moves off the dribble. We're starting to see that he is creating room off the dribble, whether it be going to the basket with hesitations or what you saw at the end of that first half when he hits that beautiful step back three to give him 30 points at the half. Bruh. Oh. Is that he can now start to hit step back threes and he can get separation off the dribble something that when he came into the league scouts and experts says he was not able to do so you're starting to see that rj barrick is indeed expanding his game and able to um create shots on his own and not only that he's he's, he's becoming that little jimmy butler imitation that we thought he can be operating in that lower mid-range game hitting mid-range flowers, drawing fouls, and he's doing all this. He's doing all this while being guarded by one of the best defensive men in the NBA in Jimmy Butler. So this season has not turned out to be the season that we wanted. We all wanted to, um, you know, make that playoffs, make it to the second round. And we wanted to make make our moves that way. But the one thing we can hang our head on right now is that R.J. Barrett is seemingly taking this next step. And it's looking like we've been saying that, you know what, we should give R.J. Barrett the keys. It actually might be time to give him the keys because today the usage rate from R.J. Barrett is probably the most I've ever seen as a Knicks uniform. And, and they were looking for him. They were looking for him all game. They were looking for him all game. And it looks like um, at the end of the season, if there's a positive takeaway, is that R.J. Barrett has developed. He has developed. And he's ready to, to take the next step. He looked like an all-star today. He looked like an all-star today for sure. Although it did seem like he ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. There's certain things that he has to do to improve his game, of course. Um, the, the missed free throws are something that's been haunting him. And if he hits his free throws, he would have had a 50-piece from R.J. Barrett tonight. Um, but he needs to take care of that. He needs to take care of the turnovers. Curlis turnovers is what lost us his game today. Knicks had nine turnovers in the first quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter to seal the game after we've been chasing him all night. But um, he's a capable playmaker. Um, he's still young. And that part of his game can develop. And this is the guy that the Knicks have drafted. This is the guy that we drafted. So um, this is a win. This is a big win 
for Knicks Nation when it comes to the outlook of R.J. Barrett and what he can do for his team and him being a centerpiece moving forward. Uh, Julius Randle's got the big bucks, but we can look at this game and say, you know what? Maybe the Knicks can start to build around R.J. Barrett. And hopefully that is the, the <laughs> that's, 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 I know, I know Knicks Nation, I know the front office is thinking that, but I'm hoping people around the league are taking notice that he's here to stay. He's a guy who can be a building block for this Knicks Nation moving forward, and that RJ Barrett is le indeed legit. All right? Salute, yeah, salute to you, man. Salute to Kareem. Salute to everybody else who's rocking with the KLT show, man. I miss y'all too. It's been a long layoff. Yeah, man. RJ Barrett is a centerpiece for this team. I have no doubt about it. Everybody was talking about trading him. Shame on you. All right? Shame on you. RJ Barrett is here to stay. He's a building block for this Knicks team. Now, everybody else, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about. Because Julius Randle. Had an abysmal game today. After damn near averaging 30 points a game, Julius Randle lays an egg tonight. Granite gives you eight assists on the night, only gives you 11 points, two or 15 from the field. Matter of fact, nobody else really does anything this entire game. Alec Burks gives you 12. Evan Fournier gives you 13 with five or 16 shooting. Julius Randle uh, gives you four turnovers. If anybody else has a decent game, anybody whatsoever, we might be in contention to win this Miami Heat game. But it just seems like this team was still on vacation. We could not get it together. And this leads me to this, man. <laughs> um, this leads me to the next news, man, because we already know. Moving forward, this Knicks schedule is not kind. Right? Today we have the Heat. We have the fourth hardest schedule in the NBA. Detroit Pistons are now a better record than us over the last uh, few weeks. I think we were 12th in the league. I mean, I mean the Detroit Pistons have have a betting winning percentage in us over the last month. Um, the next few games we have lined up: the 76ers twice, the Suns, the Clippers, the Kings. And the Mavs, and right after the Mavs, we have the Grizzlies, and then the Nets. <laughs> Which leads me to talk about this, the direction of this team, because over this break, we had a lot of news that started to leak from Knicks Nation, and one of them has to be Kemba Walker. We all saw that Kemba Walker was struggling. Struggling handily um, before the All-Star break. It's been reported by Ian Begley that Kemba Walker was actually having problems in between games. And he's decided to shut it down. I don't know if it's him and conjunction with the officer, him himself, but he decided he's going to shut it down. And when that news hit, it didn't really mean anything to me because we all know that Derrick Rose was around the corner and he was going to make his Knicks debut after the All-Star break. But as you guys know, Derrick Rose, after practicing two games with these New York Knicks, 
has to have surgery once again. Minus surgery, but still surgery. And which leads the Knicks in a predicament where we have to look, we have to, you know, rely on Alec Burks to be our point guard. Because news came out that this is, <laughs> when, when Tibbs was looking at our roster and saw that Kemba Walker was out, he then said, you know what, I'm looking at the data and I'm looking to see who who's a fit for this team. And he said, you know what? Alec Burks might be the guy to be our starting point guard. And guys like me, guys in Knicks Nation, all of us together simultaneously groaned as a family. Because as of right now, you already see it. The Knicks are way below 500. We need to start moving this youth moving forward. And granted, I will say this. Alec Burks does have his faults. He has a slow pace. Um, he's not always the most astute defensively, but he gives Tom Thibodeau something that he loves, and that's a switchable tall point guard, right? Um, but it was interesting to see that he Tom Thibodeau said, I'm going to dig into the numbers. When I dig into the numbers, I feel like Tom that he it is the right decision to go with Alec Burks. Which led me led me to believe, um, are Knicks Nation missing is this is Knicks Nation missing something, or is Tom Thibodeau missing something? Because we all see how 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 Alec Burks has been struggling. We see that he know he's not the best point guard, he's not a natural point guard, but are we missing something? So you know what I I I, I dug into some numbers, I dug it I dug into some numbers and. and Here's what I found, right? Here's here is what Knicks Nation might be missing, and here is what Tom Thibodeau might be missing. Now, as much as we do not like Alec Burks, um, he has had a positive impact with that starting lineup. You see this lineup: Burks, Burks for the starting lineup. Burks, uh, Fournier, Randall, Robinson, and Barrett has played 201 minutes together on the floor. It's the fifth most used lineup on uh for these Knicks. And they've outscored opponents. This lineup has outscored opponents by 27 points collectively. Which is good. What is not on that stat, though, is during this losing streak, these same five have <laughs> been on the floor together and have been blowing fourth quarter leads this entire time. So, when digging into the stats, yes. Tom Thibodeau, you are right. Burks in the starting lineup has had some success for us. But I would argue that we can look into other numbers to find other options. Just to collect more data. Right? Now, Emmanuel quickly. I'm going to look into Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly, with this same starting five. You switch out Alec Burks for a man quickly. Uh, played 20 minute, 28 minutes on the floor turtle. Tied for the 18th most used lineup. Has outscored opponents by three points. What does that tell you? That tells you this lineup has not been used enough to make a declaration. The most used lineup so far has been uh, 
the the lineup with the lowest plus minus, the the the, the biggest plus minus, which is Kemba, Fournier, Randall, Mitch, <laughs> uh, Mitch and Barrett is our most used five man lineup and has yielded the worst results, giving over four hundred minutes and giving us a negative. 121 in plus minus. That means out our opponents have outscored us by a total of 121 points with that same starting five. Yet he was steadfast on using that starting lineup more than anything. Quickly, and this lineup has been a, a pretty decent lineup, but has not been used a lot. Our second most successful lineup involves Derrick Rose. Quickly, Toppin, Gibson, and um, pretty much our bench. Our bench from last year is our second most successful lineup. And, of course, we cannot lose that lineup as of now because Derrick Rose is injured. But I also want to show you this. I mean, I'm sorry, that Derrick Rose lineup was our third best lineup. Our second best lineup so far. This season has been McBride, Quickly, Burks, Toppin, and Gibson. Only played a total of 22 minutes on the floor. It is our 26th most used lineup. We outscored opponents by 36 points. Which is telling me this. Yes, Tom Thibodeau is partially right. Tom Thibodeau is partially right. Alec Burks has been a benefit in the starting lineup. But Tom Thibodeau has failed to use other guys in that starting lineup in place of Alec Burks to collect more data. And if you're looking at our net rating, McBride, so far, has a plus 11 net rating. Obi Toppin, plus 8. Derrick Rose, plus 5.8. Manny Quickly, plus 5.7. Even with all the Quickly struggles, he's still top 4 in net rating. Which leads me to this. We can still experiment. We can still experiment. And I know for me, I want to see. Right? I really want to see the youth movement. At this point, I'm not so keen on making the play-in or, you know, making one last push. I'm not on that train. I'm not on that train at all. I'm on the train of experimentation. What do we have on this team? Who has been performing? What lineup changes have we not tried yet? Let's try McBride at starting point guard. With the starting unit. Let's try. Let's try Nick Bride with the second unit. Because as you've seen today. Our second unit was trounced. By this Miami Heat squad. Once again. Looking at the bench points. The Miami Heat bench. Outscores. This Knicks bench. 49 to 18. 
And now, if you're looking now, and I'm not saying I'm not saying play play t uh, Gibson, but what I'm saying is, if you're looking at what the Knicks did in the summer league, and if you're looking at the the small sample size of a Moose McBride and quickly did together. They were, they were the second best lineup on the team. Yet, Tom Thibodeau has yet to figure out that these two have a natural synergy and should play together. So, uh, and you know what? And and pour, pour some out. Pour some out for, for Grimes because Grimes went out tonight. Um... Unfortunately, one of the bright spots of Knicks Nation went out tonight. Uh, I'm not sure what's 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 the injury exactly called. I don't want to mess it up. But Grimes pretty much dislocated his knee. The timetable, he did not return to the game. He had to be lifted off the game. He couldn't leave on his own power. Um, the timetable is not has not yet been set when he will return. But you know what? It sucks, but Grimes leaving his opportunity to other people. And we all know quickly seems to work best with another playmaker by his side. But I think quickly and McBride make way more sense together than quickly and Burks. Because McBride is going to push that pace with quickly. Those time those so I mean <laughs> it might be time to try it. It might be time to try it in some spurts. I'm just saying experiment. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm just saying experiment. All I'm saying. If 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 Tom has really dug into the data, the data would tell you that Miles McBride needs a second chance. The data would tell you that Obi Toppin needs to see more minutes. The Obi, the data would tell you to mix up these lineups and not just go with the lineup that you've been going with. The entire time. Now, granted, we all saw the news that was happening this weekend. Tom Thibodeau seemed to be on notice, right? Because he he started off the this, this season going, you know what? I'm going to look at the roster. Everything is on the table. Everything right now is on the table. And what I liked about this Heat game was for the first time, we saw Jericho Sims be the first center off the bench in place of Taz Gibson, in place of Nerlens Noel. We already know what these guys can give us. We already know it. It's time to see what these guys can do. And against Bam Amabayo, like he's an ideal matchup for a guy of that size and that stature. I did not like when Tom Thibodeau threw Taz Gibson against Andre Drummond when he's playing the Brooklyn Nets. He had no chance. Andre Drummond outweighs that man and is way taller than Taz Gibson. So, granted, you don't expect Sims to be perfectly matched against Bam. But at least when it comes to size and weight, you know, he can match up with him a little bit better. And he has to grow his basketball IQ moving forward. I did like some things that I saw Sims do, though. He did move his feet when it came to guarding these smaller guards. And I did like that. But we need to see more of that. We also need to see more McBride moving forward. 
And I also, I keep saying this, I also want to see Cam Reddish flourish a little bit more too. Now, granted, Grimes being down, it sucks that Grimes is down. I'm not happy about that at all. But if we're being completely honest, we are way more pressed for time to see what Cam Reddish can do over Grimes. We, we have less time to make a decision on him. Um, so what we have we learned from, from, from Cam Reddish today? Um, it seems like the team defense was still a little wonky with that second unit. I'm not going to lie. But Cam Reddish had his moments. Cam Reddish had his moments. I like that he cut on. I like that he, you know, he cut to the basket a few times. I like that his teammates finally found him in certain spots. He hit that corner three a few times. But I want to see Cam Reddish, you know, kind of being able to work off the dribble a little bit. And I want him I want to see him still take better um better shots cuz as soon as he came in the game, he chucked up a 3 with the defender in his face with no ball movement whatsoever and that's not the type of Cam I want to see, but I I want to see what Cam can do with these minutes. Um also it was good to see Bam versus Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson uh the Heat really limits Mitch Robinson's rebounding ability in general. He's a, usually a beast on the boards, but the, the Heat are usually are, are really disciplined. And they usually have two guys on, on Mitchell Robinson. That's what he was doing before, to prevent him from getting rebounds. Um, Today, he fared a little bit better, got you nine rebounds, was in foul trouble the whole night. Um, He got a, a few bad foul calls that I think was a foul. One one was the, the, the elbow to Mitch's... Jaw, I did not like it all. But Mitch, uh, zero points on a night, couldn't really find it offensively. Nine rebounds in a one block. Alec Burks hit some time. He hit some a few threes, four or six from the field, fifty percent from three. Um, Alec Burks wasn't a, a world beater. You know, he gave you a little bit of something. Evan Fournier was atrocious. Evan Fournier was atrocious. Um, one thing that I didn't like to see was when. RJ got into quickly got into foul trouble. I thought that was the opportunity for McBride to get some early minutes, but instead, uh, Tom Thibodeau puts Evan Fournier, who was already shooting horribly, and I didn't, I didn't get that decision at all. Um, I think it would have been good to see McBride in tonight, especially the way that Hero was going. Hero was torching Alec Burks for a lot of this game. Uh, McBride's defense. Could have been something to, to test out in a game like this. So I wish I would have seen more McBride in, in, in that regard. Um, all in all, this is a game I did not really expect to win. But listen, man, I feel like a few more of these games, Tibbs' hands will be forced. And we're going to see, I think we're going to start to see a lot more of what Knicks Nation wants to see, which is more Cam Reddish, more McBride. And... It seems like more Sims is already happening. All right. All right. Salute to Knicks Nation, man. First of all, shout out to the $5 Super Chat, man. Shout out to the $5. Shout out to BKNYS in the $5 Super Chat. It says, this is RJ's team now. He got the keys, Knicks Nation. Quick hypothetical. If you could trade coaches at the deadline, would you trade Thibs for Vogel? Would I trade trades for Frank Vogel? Um, I might, man. I might. Uh, 
I might do it, man. And it's funny. If you really got, if you guys been listening to 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 KOT for a long time, I've always wanted Jeff Van Gundy here, man. And Jeff Van Gundy <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy just came out and said that uh he doesn't understand why we're we're playing these older guys and trying to go to the play in because he feel like it's it's counterproductive at this point and he's absolutely right he's absolutely right i still i i wanted drift van gunny if you listen to the old shows i've said it i think i said it but when we were looking for tips i said it when um when derrick rose and and, and um tim hardwood jr is here i said i wanted van gunny um, I, I want Van Gundy, man. I would love Van Gundy. When Tim Hardaway Jr. was here, I wanted Van Gundy and I wanted um what's the coach from the Bucks? Mike Budenholzer was my picks. And I know Van Gundy people was like, oh, he's old school, he's old school, but he you know, he did some things with Team USA where I feel like he was able to study some offense and update his offense. Team USA raved about Van Gundy's when he was there. Um, but he also gives you that defensive mindset as well. So I think he would be able to um, transition and do well in today's NBA. So I would trade. I would swap out. Uh, if I had to, I would swap out him for Van Gundy or Budenholzer. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Uh, but you know what? Um, shout out to everybody who's rocking with the KOT show, man. I kind of just did a... a a, a brief breakdown, but more of Nick's news, Nick's rumors type of situation. Uh, if you want to call in and talk, you're able to do dial 319-527-6241. If you want to talk to your boy Jay Ellis right now to talk about the Knicks Nation, to Knicks game, and these Knicks in the future, first caller up, you already know what it is. It's my man, Big Reaper. Hey, what's up, Jay Ellis? Thank you so much for taking my call. It's been a long time since we spoke. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. It's like, yo, it's like you hit the nail on the head. Uh, when he had that press conference and he he made that comment, like, where he was like, when you dive into the numbers, Alec Berg gives you the best, you know, option. And you kind of broke it down. I Like, the first thing you see when you look at all the five-man combination is true, right? Right. But the problem is, is like, uh, there's not a – he hasn't tried really anything else. <clears throat> right. You know? So there's not enough sample data. Uh, using other lineups <coughs> with Dalbergs. I'm sorry about that. And so it's funny. Nobody said that. And actually, I thought that was a very smart analysis right there. Yeah, the other yeah. thing, I was, you know, like I had to think, you got to think about too, was like, like those are basically, you know, team chemistry stats, right? And it's great. You figured out like the chemistry that works. That's cool and all. However, you have to look at individual contributions, you know, you kind of have to like, it's good to look at the, you know, those plus minuses. It's good to look at it, but you also have to couple it with the individual contributions. That's why I always look at basically, you know, that defensive field goal number. I always like rape talk all the time about that stuff, about right. that, because mm-hmm. with that, you can compare it against your offensive production. So if you basically, if you know what you generally hold the opponent, opposing shooters out at, and you know what you shot today, then you know kind of like what your net contribution is to the team. Or you can use the current defensive percentage from today's game. But it takes usually – it takes a day to get the numbers from NBA.com. But right. it's like – so if you, but if you look at those numbers, it's like 
it kind of tells you more of a real story who was actually who made uh, who made a real contribution to the game. Like today, I think it says. Let me. I don't know if I'm wrong, but I think it says today Julius Randle was a plus five today. Um, Is that true? Julius Randle, yes. Uh, yeah, yep. Uh, I'll, 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 um, I'll draw up the stats so you guys can actually see it as well. But yep, Julius Randle was a plus five today. So, but he shot thirteen percent today from the field. He right. normally holds uh, opposing defenders. If he basically played defense the way he's been playing all year, he holds opposing defenders to like forty three percent. That still gives you a minus twenty nine percent negative. Like. He like, but it shows that he was a plus five. But Julius Randle actually killed you today, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because you know uh, the percentage was so low. He took for, he took fifteen shots, and he had a high usage rate, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think sometimes the coach, you know, he was right about that. But going to Alec Burks, Alec Burks has one of the highest uh, net, you know, net ratings in terms of if you look at his actual contribution to the team. Mm-hmm. He's shooting like thirty eight percent, and then opposing shooters shoot like forty five percent against them. And so, yeah, the team chemistry is good, but if you look at his individual contribution to the team, it's like he's one of the worst on the team. Right. You know. Right. And so, and that's one of the things I was saying before. Like, it, he's doing a better job staying in front of his man this year. But when it comes to actually challenging the shot and actually being effective at making sure the other person shoots a low percentage. He's just not that good at it. Um, you know, and the other person who's kind of like that too is like everyone loves Grimes, but Grimes is not that great at actually uh, challenging shots and making sure like, you know, and having the opposing shooter shoot at a less, uh, at a lower rate. You know, he's actually, he's not one of the better ones on the team. We yeah. actually, like, we have a bunch of other people that are better. Yeah, with, with, Gr- that, with, with Grimes, it's like, he's good at, team defense like he's good at helping he's good at steals True. um i feel like i feel like um i think i was looking at his clean the glass stats the other day i think he's like top in blocks at his position like he kind of does mm-hmm. like a lot of other little things um but like but like the um uh, you mentioned it too quickly it's actually quickly i saw a list that said quickly and rj are both like in the top 10 and guards defensive field goal percentage. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, they are. It's, uh, he's like, even if with RJ, if you include forwards, I think he's still top 10, or maybe top, like top 12, mm-hmm. even if you include like from guards to forwards. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, yeah, he's like, he holds opposing shooters to like 38% or some crazy mess like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reason why Thibodeau doesn't want to take him off the court is because his, He's just a very effective defender. Uh, but, you know, with – I don't know. I just don't understand what the coach is doing. This is one of the reasons I really just don't like him because he knows what he's doing. He understands these things. The problem with Thibodeau is a lot of these coaches are stubborn. They don't like – it's almost like they feel like, you know, if they make changes, if they deviate from what the original plan or whatever their whole life scheme is or what they've been preaching, mm-hmm. if they deviate from it, then it's almost like they feel like they failed publicly or something. But it, it's I, maybe I'm just speculating. I don't, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to basically make the proper adjustments. He sees these numbers and he just, he, I think he's just talking. Either he doesn't understand stat statistics and what these stats are saying, 
either he doesn't understand it and the uh, analytics department doesn't understand it, or he just doesn't want to, you know, or he just doesn't want to make the changes. And he's yeah. just, you know, like uh, doing the propaganda just to, so he, to justify the what he wants to do. You, you know what it is um, sometimes? You know, you know I, I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. you, you get into a, like a comfort zone of what you know. And if you can find yeah. numbers that support what you what you what you think you know, you're gonna use them. So I think that's pretty much what's happening right now. So like you you see this you see these numbers for Burks, and they kind of support his argument of using Burks in the first place. And and like I said, granted, he hasn't been the worst, right? He's been better than Kemba, but <clears throat> there's still other evidence that that uh, suggests that he can. At least experiment with other things because there's, and I think that's the biggest problem. Like he hasn't experimented. There's uh, there's been other lineups that l- look like they could be better, but they go against what his main philosophy is, and he hasn't been willing to try those lineups as of yet. And he, he just needs to try them for long periods of time to definitively know if they really work or not. <clears throat> Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on that. That's that's probably what it is. Um, but this lineup is so silly. This whole Burks experiment is so stupid that, like, yeah, he had he went for a sixth day. Uh, was it like twelve points? Woohoo! Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, honestly, given the way he's been playing all year, it, you plug McBride in there, you're actually going to be better off. It, that's the thing that's so dumb about what he's doing. Because McBride gives you a better defense at the point of attack. McBride right. holds shooters down to forty-two percent, you know, and that's with like you know, and that's with the coach giving him like really, you know, he had those three games, uh, actually two games where he got some some decent minutes, and then the four minutes, and then he was excommunicated and like you know locked up and and Rikers or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, it's but aside from that, he's a very good defender. And even the stats, although he's been getting a lot of crazy garbage time, the stats actually, he hasn't let the garbage time really affect his defensive stats, which is kind of rare because sometimes you'll get like when people get a lot of garbage minutes. Nah, he's hungry. The stats just don't make any sense, right? Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, you might see crazy stuff. They'll just let people score on them. And so his defensive stat might be like, you see some of them, their defensive stat is like 55% or something, but because it's mostly garbage minutes. But him, it's like, it's still at 42%. I'm sorry, 42.9. And so, you know, it just, I think it just doesn't make any sense what the coach is doing. And, you know, honestly, like, uh, I'm, I, you know, it's like, I don't want to be the, one of those guys that's like, oh, get rid of Tibbs. But he's really working on my last nerves. With he's stuff. working on all he really last is nerves, man. So, <laughs> all of know, us, man. It just, it's crazy. Uh, all of us, man. All of us, man. Yo, it's so, unbelievable. Yeah, man. And just one more, one more thing I want to say. It's not necessarily about today's game. I don't know if I said that the last time I called. Tiz, the other issue I have with him, he's such – I don't know if it's leadership or is he – or is he so bad at communication? What, as, as, or if it's a respect thing, but the fact that he basically – when he bets Kemba Walker – Mm-hmm. You bench someone, you demote someone, and you don't have the courtesy of having a conversation with that dude, especially a veteran, a professional like Campbell Walker. Right. To me, that was inexcusable. And yeah. if you go to the games, when you go to the games and you look 
it, not even just at the games, when you go to the games, even when you look at the TV, you know what it's like. There's some people the coach will interact with a little bit on the team. He'll interact with IQ, RJ, uh, Julius, Mitch a little bit. But you can tell the people he values. And then it's almost like he definitely should, the people he doesn't value, and he shows he doesn't value them, like mm. OB. He never interacts with OB, like, you know, during games, you know. You, you can clearly see it, especially if you see these games in person. And I just think the lack of courtesy he has and the fact that, you know, he just doesn't show courtesy towards the players to even communicate with them. You're benching Obi for no reason, and then you don't even have the courtesy of setting him down and say this is what you're doing wrong. I'm pretty sure he's not doing that because that, if he was doing that, Obi would not be basically every time he gets, you know, pulled from the game, Obi always goes directly to his seat. He never goes by the coach ever, you know. And then and he always looks extremely frustrated when he goes to the bench. You know, and that shows that the coach is not communicating with them and he's extremely frustrated. And so it's not just about Obi, but it's just everyone else. Cam Reddish, you know, um, all these McBride. It, it's to me, I think it's crazy, you know. And so that's the other reason. For those two reasons alone, honestly, I'm trying to like push it. I kind of feel like if they can force him, because uh, I kind of like his approach to letting the youngsters earn their minutes through practice and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if they can force him to play the youngsters more, you know, like I would like to keep him at least going into next season because we're so young anyway. Yeah. Right? And we still have like, we need to instill like a certain kind of work ethic in these right. kids. But if it's not, if he's not going to do it, let him just, he needs to go, you know? So that's pretty much all I got to say. Uh, yep. Thanks for taking my call, man. All right, man. Shout, shout out to Reaper, man. Gunshots to Reaper, who's giving, who's uh, filling, doing the stats and the facts thing, man. Giving you all the defensive numbers, um, <laughs> for 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 um McBride off the rip had that on had that on on the mind. He's like McBride holds the opponents to uh, I think he said thirty nine percent shooting on the defensive end. I think he said. But shout out to Reaper, giving you the stats. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. That's my biggest thing with Tom Thibodeau too, because Tom Thibodeau, you you, you see it. He's he's how the team reacts to his attention to detail on a defensive end and like the game plan they tell they talk about how meticulous he is I, so i like how he lays the foundation for these guys but i i'm with you i want the front office to put some fire under him to get some more of the more of the youth more time maybe sims seems like to be the first domino to fall to get some more time and it's funny. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with the Mitchell Robinson situation or not, because we all know that you know Mitch. You know Mitch uh, hasn't been offered a contract yet. Maybe they're gonna try to offer one at the end of the season. Who knows? Um, but you already know that he is interested in him, and you already know that he has some suitors at the trade deadline. So we could possibly lose Mitch. So I don't know. If that's was a motivation for actually testing Sims out more. But um, but uh, he needs to do a lot more of that in general. He needs to do that with McBride. He needs to do that with 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 Cam as well. Also, you touched on Kemba Walker and him being a class act. Man, Kemba Walker. I wish if Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker's demeanor is something that I w wish somebody on his team would would like 
copy and paste and duplicate because this guy has been through everything this season from being benched, not being talked to, um, playing injured, and even... <laughs> And he smiles through everything, though. This guy smiles through everything. He talks to everybody. Everybody rallies around him. And it's come out that the Knicks weren't really trying to trade Kimball Walker uh, during the, uh, the All-Star break, or right before the trade deadline. They were saying they, they weren't really heavily trying to, to move him. So I don't know if that's like a courtesy or if they just about there or just they value his camaraderie or maybe they just feel like he'll be easier to move next season but um it could be either one of those things but I, no matter which one it is I still just appreciate his demeanor and what he's given to this team as far as being like just just an all around like good guy <laughs> You know what I mean? So shout out to Kimball Walker. And salute to everybody who's with the chat, man. We Listen, I'm here. Win, lose, or draw. K-O-T. We'll be doing these post-game live shows. All right? So definitely join us after every game. And also, um, we want to talk. We talk Knicks news as well. All right? So join us after every game. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Also, please comment, please comment, please comment as well um, on these post games, all right? And if, also, if you want to call, you already know what to do. You're, dial 319-527-6241 if you want to call and talk to your boy, Jay Ellis. So about this game, the Knicks news rumors, or whatever else you want to talk about, all right? Next caller up, I believe we got, you got Jason from the Lower East Side. Yeah, what's up, man? What's going on, man? I got a shout out to Big Reaper. Um, he 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 wins. Even though I think I won the battle, he definitely won the war. I'm done with <laughs> <Tibbs>. <laughs> he won the war because you done with everybody's pissed with Tibbs now, man. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about two players today: Sims and IQ. Because you know, RJ, there's nothing to talk about. He was amazing. And Randall was bad, but whatever. So, with Sims, I'm so glad that he played. And I'm not, I'm not a crazy Sims fan. Like I don't think Sims is going to be like this amazing center. I just, I just think he could be like a decent backup center. I agree. And why that, why that's so important is because, like next year he could be our backup center. And if he's our backup center, like he, he signed to a two year, um, two way contract. Mm-hmm. We could probably extend him the summer on like a four year rookie minimum deal. True. So to have a, a backup center making like the minimum for four years, like the same way Mitch made the minimum for four years, that's valuable. Right. So that that's all I so I just want to see can he do it and he's you know he has to take his lumps. You don't wanna you don't wanna wait till next year because he never played this year and then next year he's playing bad because he doesn't have experience. Let that's... him get the experience now. And about his game, the other thing is, the one thing I like a lot about him, and, and you, it's funny because when you see Mitch and him, you could tell that he played four years in college and Mitch didn't play any years in college. Because he's just, he's a lot more disciplined than Mitch. He's not as talented as Mitch. Right. But, like, he don't do as much dumb stuff that Mitch does. Like, like those mistakes where you want to just, like, where you're like, ah, oh, Mitch. Right, right, <laughs> right. Now, I feel you. Not the first year. First year, Mitch was 
was very raw and found. Oh, talk about Mitch now. Mitch still does those things. <laughs> Even today, he can like made me knock my head. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give him some. Today, I don't know. Like Mitch's fouls has has dropped dramatically all seasons. Today, I don't know. I, I feel like he got the wrong end of some calls today. I feel like about two. He did some dumb stuff today, like the the, the hand check foul he deserved. But when he got called for a foul, he got elbowed in the face. I was just like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> yeah, you that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, what's you gonna do? <laughs> so. Best Sims. I'm glad he's playing. I don't think he's going to become like the best center in the league or anything. I just think he he could be a good backup. He needs the minutes now so we can know if he could be a backup and then they could use him next year. That's his value. Right, right. IQ. I really want IQ to either I want either IQ or Deuce to start because IQ that the one like I don't understand again like Reaper. I don't understand like what Tibbs is thinking when he puts out these lineups. Like when he put out that all bench lineup and we all want the bench to play. Mm-hmm. But he put out a lineup, and, and especially because he doesn't want Cam to do any ball handling, where basically IQ was the only guy who could drive, and he really can't drive. Right. Because he had IQ, Cam, I think he had um, Fournier at one point. At one point, he actually yeah. had Fournier. And I yeah, I was. I threw, I threw my remote when I saw Fournier come in, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is this lineup doing? No one's supposed to... And then... Like, his idea is, oh, let's bring Burks. But Burks, at this point, I, I don't know if he's just tired. He can't really drive either. Nah, he just but, does his drive, fling up the ball thing, and he hopes to get a foul. If he doesn't get a foul, it's all disastrous after that. Yeah, I want IQ to play with, with RJ and Randall because that way, when when they're playing, when the starters are playing, RJ and Randall do most of the ball handling. Exactly. So, so like, yeah, you can say he's not a real point guard, but they, that, they don't need a real point guard with those guys playing. The bench unit needs a real point guard. <laughs> yeah, nah, I agree with you, and, and at least, and at least IQ can actually break down the defense in some point at some points. Because I, I, I do agree that he gets a little shot happy, but to me, when he's playing with the first unit, he doesn't get a shot happy. <laughs> that's the that's the thing that I start to realize. He gets more shot happy with the second unit. It's not even about shot happy. It's about the kind of shots he takes. Right. Like if he's if he, when he plays with the backup unit, with that he feels that like he has to shoot a lot of shots because who else is going to shoot? So like he ends up pulling these shots like off the dribble. Whereas like if he plays with the starters, he's going to get kickouts from RJ and Randall a lot, and a lot of those threes will be spot up threes, and he can hit those. Right. Just like the one he did today in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, drives, he's a he's a he's a good perimeter defender, especially when he's guarding point guards you know exactly exactly i i still feel like like i said I, i'll bring up the slide again when even when when summer league was happening and we saw mcbride and uh mcbride and iq together oh they they have like a natural chemistry man like i feel like having another ball handlers who actually pushes the pace and penetrates a little bit like he does is will be beneficial for for us so I, I do feel like McBride and IQ can play together and play off of each other really well, and they have they, they should test that out at some point, especially now that Grimes yeah, is out. I mean, they, should, they, I think they definitely should. The front office needs to tell Tibbs, and I mean, it, it, at, at this point, he's going to have to do it because with all the players going down, he's not going to really have a choice. But right. They got to tell him, listen, ten man rotation, no more of this nine man, eight man rotation. You, we we signed these players, we drafted these players, play them. Play them. Stop cutting the rotation. Like, like, what are you doing? We're not in the playoffs. Nope. 
Nope, it's, 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 it's not in the playoffs. We're not in the playoffs. We're playing for a play-in, maybe. So just, just, just cut the shenanigans. Cut all. Let's play play some of these kids, man. It's, it's time. Yeah, and then, like, the thing with IQ is we need to really, like, like, here's the thing with IQ. Like, so he's struggling this year, right? And a lot of, like, a lot of people are going to be, like, out on him because of the way he played this year. But I look at someone like Malik Monk, and you see how good he's playing in his fifth year? Mm-hmm. It takes time sometimes. But the problem is the Knicks have so many young players and draft picks that we're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Right. So, like, find out, like, who they are. Like, maybe you can't keep Mitch. I mean, you can't keep McBride and Deuce. So you need to see what Deuce has so that way you can make that decision. Because even you, if it's it's not even about this trade, like, you know, when you, if, if the Knicks go out looking for players, you're going to have to trade someone. Like, if the Knicks try to get Jalen Brunson in a signing trade, you might have to trade Emmanuel quickly as part of that deal. Right. You meant, you meant McBride and quickly. That's what you meant. You said McBride and Deuce, but I know what you meant. <laughs> I said McBride and Deuce? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McBride and quickly. Like, and, I mean, like, you have Rokas. I don't know if he's ever – I doubt he's ever going to come play. But the point is, you have these players, and at some point you're not going to be able to keep all of them, especially if we, dra- if we keep our draft pick this year. Yeah, you're like, right. You got to know what you have so that way when you – and also another thing is they're not getting any value from play, sitting on the bench. Like if if the, on the off season if, if they if let's say we're trying to trade for for Jalen Brunson and then the coach comes out and they go, hey, we can give you McBride. You know what Dallas is gonna say? The guy barely played. Why would we want him? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like we we here's the thing. We've done a good job of you know getting value. We we develop we developed RJ. Good job. <laughs> Right, Mitch is looking developed too, um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna address uh, somebody who talked about Mobamba earlier. I'm gonna address that after this, but you're absolutely oh, right. Mobamba, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm. yeah. He, he's um. I'll just say this, and then I, I'll sign off. The idea of Mobamba is a lot better than the actuality. Maybe I mean, look, he he has potential, mm-hmm. but like people's idea of what he is, he's not that. Maybe he could be that, but he ain't that right now. I'll tell you that. Okay, why why would you say that? Curious. Because if he was that, then the Magic would want to keep him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you look at this. Is what you got to do? Look, find a, a Magic uh, Twitter person and just and look at them and see what they say about Obama. He's uh, I do that. Yeah, I, I do. He's I mean, like one of the most inconsistent players. I definitely seen him. I, I definitely seen the them complain about him and praise him because he's still a top ten. I will have the conversation now. Since you're on the phone. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's another. Show. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying. Right. Right. Like people think like they say, oh, he could shoot. Oh, like oh, it's a, it's a no steal. We should get him right away. And I'm like, well, why is the Magic trying to trade him if he's so great? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing for us, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure I know why. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Um, shout out to Raw. I got Raw. I didn't watch his video. But I'm pretty sure I I know why he might have mentioned it, and it's because at this point, um, he might be saying that we're we might lose Mitch for nothing, and instead of losing um losing Mitch for nothing, we do like a sign and trade swap. I'm guessing that's where he's going with it. I haven't seen the video. <laughs> yeah, but you know what would be a good sign and trade swap for Mitch? Uh, Jalen Mid- Brunson. Yeah, I get yeah. I can see that. I mean, or include him in the Jalen Brunson trade. I'm not, it doesn't have to be just him for Jalen Brunson because I don't know if the Mavs, Mavs will do that. 
Right, they right. Need a center. They definitely need a center, but we also know that looking at RJ, Randall and RJ, right? And not to say that not to say that Mo Bamba is like a three point sniper. Right, but he's shown flashes that he can hit the three. We just need we need to bring the center out of the paint because we have guys here who just are natural finishers more than natural shooters. So having a, a center who can stretch the floor and even flashes that ability like Mobamba has might benefit us in, in the long run. So that I, I, I I mean, he's an option. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, a lot yeah. of land of people real soft. Right. You don't play with <laughs> you, you, you just hope but that Kenny Payne does does his thing. I mean, you know. <laughs> look, I'm not against it. I'm just like, the, I just, the way people talk about him is crazy. That's all I'm saying. Like, people talk about him like he's a surefire, like, going to be like an all-star, like, amazing player. And it's like, no, nah, right. not really. I mean, maybe he's a project, and he's a product in his fourth, third year, going into his fourth year. Yeah, because he hasn't played, like, much like uh, other people that we know on his team. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Got a lot of injury. <laughs> yeah, he has he hasn't played because he there was a lot of center death, and the only reason he actually played was because you know some guys got injured and and he got actually finally got that opportunity. He's also been injured a lot too. It's not just that the depth; he's been hurt a lot. Well, so well, so is Mitch. <laughs> so, no, I agree too. No, no, I agree. I'll, I'll just say, like I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I got nothing more to say. All right. Um, thanks for having me. All right, man. All right, man. Shout out to my guy, Jason. Uh, also, shout out to the $10 super chat from Civil Analytics Knicks fan. It says, True J, when I see IQ in practice for the games, he really misses. He is usually the only person practicing that really misses. I agree he should start. Um, So he's off ball more. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like having, you know, you already see how IQ kind of benefited with Derrick Rose, who has a little bit more structure. So maybe if you have R.J. Barrett and Randall, you can um, take some of the pressure off him, and then you know he'll he'll be less inclined to take the the off balance long ball shots without moving the ball. And also, like I said, he can still create open shots for people. Like he's created some open shots for people even in the second unit a few times, and I think that'll be a nice skill to have. That um, that even Alec Burks doesn't really do much. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, shout out to Fritz says that Raw talked about a three-team t- deal between Orlando, Detroit, and the Knicks involving uh, Mitch and Obama. See, see, I didn't have to watch the video. I already knew where he was going. Maybe I didn't know it was a three-team, but the same premise. He didn't want to lose Mitch for nothing, so involve him with a, um, with um, Obama. So, yeah, yeah. I felt it. I felt it. Next caller up is my man with the energy, energy, energy. Tell him. <laughs> Testing. 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 Hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellis? <laughs> hey, how you doing tonight, KOC? I said KOC, KOT show, baby. Let's go. So, boom. Check this out. Tonight, coming into the game. You know, all my expectations were low. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, I grew up poor. If you have high expectations, you know, you're going to be disappointed. So, you know, I got my expectations down, right? Right. So I already know what's going on with my team, you know. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, I feel like a lot of other fans, you know, head coach problems. Let's yeah. just leave it at that. So, boom. 
before we even get to tonight's game, you know, we got the the All-Star Weekend, boom. Um, Worldwide Wesley is pressing up on Coast End. That had me hype, boom, because, you know, this is something that we were hoping would happen going into the break, right? We were hoping, mm-hmm. yo, Dolan, put some pressure on him. Um, Scott Perry, you know what I'm saying? Um, Mr. Rose, where you been at? Not Derek. I'm talking about Leon, the president. You know, we was hoping the front office would put some pressure on him. We was on the back of the news. So that was a good start and going into the All-Star break, boom. Worldwide Wesley blaming things. Yes. Mm, yeah, let's go. So, right. <laughs> we had a, we had a, a sad moment just for me personally, which was the rookie sophomore game because I saw no Knicks and I already know why. Yeah. No up in that game, mm-hmm. they never will be in that game. We'll never have a chance because they have to beg for minutes. Mm-hmm. So now, boom, the game starts. First things first, we see Jericho Sims coming. I'm like, oh snap! Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Kind of lit, kind of lit, right? Kind of lit, kind of right. lit. Here's the problem: I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. When I'm on Twitter, right? When I look at Ian Bagley, shout out to Ian Bagley, he's a goat. He tweeted that, quote, Tom Thibodeau said Knicks wanted to take a look at rookie Jericho Sims tonight. He played 18 minutes backing up Mitchell Robinson at center. That's the tweet. Now, I'm worried now. Jay Ellis, I'm worried because now I feel like this might not be something that's permanent. I was excited to see Gibson on the sideline mm. in uniform, sitting there like all the babies have been doing all season. I also was excited to see Nerlens Noel in uniform, sleeves on his knees and everything, ready to play, but getting no burn. I was excited to see that <laughs> because that's the same damn treatment that we've been getting with some of the guys we want to play. I want to see those veterans sit there and watch the whole game and beg for minutes. Not like them because I want minutes distributed based off of game performance and not based off of seniority and thus far, it's been based off of seniority. These 59 games we played, and even the 80, I'm not, not, not the 82 games, the 72 games we played last season, J.L., mm-hmm. it was based off of seniority. It was based off of who I trust and who I like. Alfred Payton, you can start all these games. Frank Nilakina, you have no permission to sniff the court. That's BS to me. Because when you look at that, Frank Nilakina, Deuce McBride, Coming into the season, I'm thinking these are Coach Tibbs' guys. They play yeah. defense. This is a defensive coach. I didn't think at all they would have trouble getting minutes, but they have trouble getting minutes. Let's talk about the dudes not getting loose. He finally got out of minutes tonight. Can we get some gunshots for the two minutes that Deuce McBride got tonight? Let's yeah. go, baby. Yeah. That was amazing to see because the two minutes was more than the DNPs. <laughs> it's a shame that we have to get excited for two minutes. Tonight, no Kemba Walker. No Derrick Rose. Grimes is injured, and McBride can still only get two minutes. With us being nine games under 500 coming into this game, now 10 games under 500, and fresh off the All-Star break, even with Coach Tibbs getting in trouble, still only two minutes. The deuce is not getting loose. That's crazy. Kemba Walker not being on the sideline, Jay Ellis, I don't like it, son. I don't like it at all. I feel like... He could give us that Theo Pinson energy right. that we could use, in my yeah. opinion. I saw Kemba on the sideline every time he was on the sideline not playing, and he was a good Samaritan. I really love Kemba. I don't think we should just send him home. Something tells me, Jay Ellis, this has Coach Tibbs written all over it. You and think it's I'm Coach? Maybe I'm the finger at the mm. wrong person. I think it's the Coach. I think <laughs> he said, yo, we're going to conjure up this plan where, you know, you ain't going to play. You're going to say it's on you, and you're going to prepare for next season. You're going to lie. Why he can't be around the team? You see how we just – I just clapped because Gibson's sitting there in uniform right. and well. Why no? Why why Kemba can't do the same thing? I agree. I'm watching the Lakers and Clippers right now, and Anthony Davis got a nice 
nice turtleneck on, sitting on the sideline, watching the game. Watch yeah. another kid do that and give us the Theo Pinson claps and dap people up when they get alley-oops and all that. Something smells fishy to me. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Nah. With that being said, I was upset to see Burks get 34 minutes. I was upset to see Burks be the starter. I was upset with Randall's turnovers. Tonight, yeah. Fournier had another one of them games. You know he Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. He had the bad yeah. game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ Barrett, oh, my God. Oh, my God. RJ Barrett. Oh, my God. Whoa. Let's go, RJ. <laughs> yes. RJ Barrett was amazing. <laughs> and, when, um, and, and I didn't like not seeing enough Reddish and OB. I want to stress this. Because I, I always say this, but I really want to stress this because it upsets me how we don't utilize McBride, Reddish, and Grimes defensively by saying, all right, yo, Tyler Hill's cooking. Put him on him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That yes. needs to be done. Yes. That needs to be done. I don't like seeing these perimeter guys cook the Knicks and then we have no answer defensively. We got three guys who can play D now. Thanks. Three legitimate wing defenders. So enough of that. We have the depth. They need to be going Butler or whoever when they're cooking. Point blank, period. And I want to point something out. This is the last thing I'm going to point out. Boom. So uh, I think Reaper was talking about this. So, boom. There was a time in the third quarter, because, you know, Julius Randle played basically the whole third quarter. Fast. So, boom, it's, I think, 56 point something seconds left, right? It's, a, it's somebody shooting a free throw. I think R.J. Barrett, I think he bricked two free throws at this point. Maybe I got it wrong. Somebody else. Coach Stibbs does a sub, right? Yes. Randall yes. and Sims are our bigs. Yes. Randall is our big. So he subs out Sims <laughs> for Obi. But Randall thought it was for him. So Randall jogs to the sideline. Come to find out, he actually was going to put in a lineup we always beg for. A big man lineup of Randall and Obi. So Randall jogs back to the court. And he's like, oh, snap. He's telling um. He telling Sims, no, you sub out. He telling Sims, you sub out. So Obi's running out on the court. He telling, yo, Sims, I'm coming in for you. I'm coming in for you. And then you can see both Randall and Sims. I'm sorry, not Sims. Obi, look back at the coach just to make sure. You sure this is what you wanted? Because they're so <laughs> not custom to running alongside together. That's a shame. You know, a lot of other people who don't watch the Knicks probably think that's a go-to lineup. But we never run Obi nope. and Randall. Nope. They didn't even know that that was the lineup the coach won in the last 56 seconds. And then there was also a point. That, because I, I remember Reaper was just talking about Obi's body language. Now, this is me just nitpicking. I have, you know, this could be completely wrong, but still, I'm going to bring it up. There was a time when Coach Stibbs called R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Julius Randle. He called them in. I think this was the end of the third. Same moment after the sub. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned something about, yo, we're going to do a two-for-one. You know, I'm a professional lip reader out here. So we're going <laughs> to do a two-for-one, something like that. But as Obi was going to Thibs, he scratched like his with his beard area underneath his like his Adam's apple area mm-hmm. and kind of like had his back to him like he ain't you know like he ain't really like he said Obi come here and he ain't really want to like acknowledge that he said Obi come here like you know what I'm saying kind of like put his his back and shoulder to him I was like yo that's kind of crazy is he trying to diss Coach Thibs a little bit but once he saw RJ and Randall start going to coach you know he pulled up and got up in that huddle too but I was just looking at that like yo I don't know if Obi is starting not to really feel. The message that they just sending, and I wouldn't blame him because another night tonight, thirteen minutes, yo, bro, I just won the dunk contest. It was whack, but whatever, I just won thirteen minutes. That's yeah. it. Come on, yeah, come on, not nah, it, it. It's one thing if the season just started, but JLS, I feel like 
we're wasting the season because I feel like player development is supposed to start in the beginning of the season, Jay Ellis. I feel like the games after the All-Star break are more important and more tense because teams are jostling for playoff positioning. Mm -hmm. So why are we waiting to start developing youngins now when we could have developed them during the season and it could have been a little bit more prepared to contribute. You feel me? I agree. It's crazy, but it is what it is. We hanging up in there. All 82, we already All in 82, here. baby. Let's go. Let's go. Or breathe this blue and orange, baby. Okay. That's Thank you, man. You know what it is. All right, all right. God bless. Be safe. All right, God bless. My shout out to my guy, man. Shout out to my guy, Tell him. What, 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 what? Are you not entertained? That's all I got to say. Are you not entertained? This guy gives that this guy gives you the breakdowns. He gives you he gives you everything you want in the players. He gives you lip reading. He gives you acting. He gives you the voices. Shout out to my guy Teller, man. Gives you the secret beef between Tibbs and Obi. Gives you everything. He gives you it all. He gives you it all. Now, is there some secret beef between Tibbs and Kobe? I, Tibbs and Obi? I, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I know Reaper Reaper thinks there is. Now tell him thinks there is. Obi just seems so respectful. I do feel like I'll say this though. I do know Obi put in the work this summer and he put in the work thinking that he was gonna get more minutes. I know that for sure. Cause that was the way he was when the when the season was starting, like that's the way he was approaching. He's like Yo, I'm nice now. I'm getting these minutes. And then as the season progressed and he realized nothing was changing, he felt a little bit more defeated. Like, I felt like he started to wear that on him. Like, damn, I'm still not getting these minutes. And to be honest with you, I felt like there was a lot of time, especially in the first half of the season, I feel like there was way more opportunity to get Obi minutes. A lot more when Randall was, was going through his weird... Uh, funk but uh it, it's kind of late right now and i agree with you man we need to play these kids we need to see to see what he have before it's too late and he needs to be getting more than 13 minutes a game and with this schedule lead coming up i can't see this lasting too much longer i think i'm gonna give it i feel like i'll give him five to six more games max until like the the announcement comes from on high and we start seeing ob and cam and McBride getting more minutes. That's all I can. That's what I think. That's all. That's what I think. But salute to the chat, man. Salute to everybody else who's rocking with the show on a Friday night after a loss to the Heat. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm seeing that they're saying that Jimmy Butler is giving RJ Barrett some props along with Bam. Yeah, uh, Jimmy said like, RJ is going to be the face of the Knicks. Yeah, man. You know, like RJ is really looking like a young Jimmy Butler for real. He's looking real like a lone Jimmy. Like RJ needs to sit there and study Jimmy's game. Uh, it's funny enough. He was RJ was compared to DeRozan earlier too. Maybe he should study his game too. But he, he definitely first and foremost should study Jimmy's game and pick up a few things for sure. Yeah. Shout out to RJ Barrett. Shout out to everyone's rock with the KOT show, man. Next game, uh, yo. Friday, listen, Friday, we have a surprise guest. So y'all gonna, y'all gonna want to be here on Friday. All right. Y'all gonna want to be here on Friday. I'm just say, I'm gonna just say that. You heard it first. Not Friday. I mean, Sunday, 
Sunday. There's a one o'clock game on Sunday. We have a surprise guest. I just have to double check to confirm. But we have a surprise guest. So make sure y'all here watching the KOT show on Sunday. Uh, and hopefully uh, I'm going to confirm between tonight and tomorrow. And hopefully still down. All right. All right. But yeah, man. So yeah, man. Great show, guys. Thanks for thanks for thanks for pulling up after a loss. Shout out to, to my guy JT. Shout out to Steve uh Sir Steve Satino. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Oh, you wanna get in the go ahead? Fritz wanna get in the queue? Go ahead. Fritz wants to get in the queue. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JL? What's going on, Fritz? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I was I was encouraged by seeing RJ. Mm. Um, it was it was nice seeing Tids. Like, uh, you see, he's under that pressure because um, he switched it up today. He switched it up a little bit today. So, definitely nice to see him under that pressure. Um, yeah. Everybody wanted to see the kids. Um, the kids, the kids, the kids do need time, but the kids need structure too, and and that's what I don't see. And, um. The structure is so bad on offense, you can't tell when there's a broken play. And and when they talk about, uh, you know, the, you know, the kids have to play well, but there has to be a standard that has to be set. And and they should be executing plays. It shouldn't be, hey, we just have open gym, and then where you can get in, you can get in. Like, there should be, hey, um, there's going to be two plays – for you, can you execute those plays? Can you can you read the play correctly? I mean that that should be how they're being taught. It's they're just playing open gym, and it's just like that that just doesn't rub me the right way. I don't think that's like that's not development, and that's not teaching. Also, too, like you can you yeah. can sprinkle in some of the kids with the starters. I think that's another thing he should be looking at too, because so, like a lot of times where Rusty we make some weird runs. Is when he starts to go mm-hmm. in that transition, and he'll have some starters in with the the backups, and then stumble on some lineup that's working, and then he'll just go away from it because he's supposed to sub in Randall at you know five minutes or whatever time he has yeah. allotted. So uh, that's you know sometimes just mix mix it up. <laughs> yeah, eight days off. They Tim just had eight days off. His 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 plays drawn up should have been crispy today. Like his his plays should have been on point. Eight days off. He had eight days to prepare for this game. Yeah, and it still was messy. And uh, I don't know. Just the the one thing I, I keep we just been dissecting these um these kids um post games, but his his excuse at the end of the game is that we need to play harder. Anything, anytime we lose, oh, they just need to play harder. No, no, sometimes the plan wasn't good. (laughs) It's not playing harder. Sometimes the plan wasn't good. Sometimes you need struck, you need structure. We need more structure in the fourth quarter. We need more playmaking in the fourth quarter. We, 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 like, come on. Every fourth quarter we lost, it wasn't because we wasn't playing hard. Like, the last eight fourth quarters, we scored, I think, 15 points, 11 points. 13 like we scored we have not hit 20 points in the fourth quarter in like 10 games and that's not because he's not playing hard 
<laughs> the Knicks have been playing hard. It's that the other team has an they know what they're doing going in. In the fourth quarter, this is like uh, most most good teams. At the end of the quarter, they know there's probably like three or four sure plays they know can work, and they work those plays. Knicks aren't working those plays. Yeah, we Knicks just, are just going one on one. We're too predictable. Well, we're just oh, Randall. Right, yep, Randall, and then that's when Randall goes in the hero mode because nothing's moving, and Randall's just like I'm just gonna bully this because there's nothing else working. That should be a cue for 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 Tibbs. It's like, oh, he's not doing his job because he needs to have certain plays that he knows that are, are to get certain people open. And then at that point, it's on. It's just on the players. Are you executing? Are you doing your part? If you're not executing, I'll get someone else who can. And and that's that's really what's not working. Yeah, and I just don't see anybody call Tibbs out. I Nobody agree calls, a, calls him out at the end of the games. I agree with you. How, I, how are we not doing anything specific at the end of the game? I agree with you, man. I saw some crazy statistic, too, about um, out-of-timeout plays in our execution. And I saw that the Knicks were ranked, like I think, 28th, either 27th or 28th when it comes to out-of-timeout plays. And that that's saying something. That's, that's telling you all you need to do, say right there. Like, we're not... At the this point of the season, we're still that low on the totem pole when it comes to out of town play. The plays you're calling aren't working. We're too predictable. Switch it up. Like I don't know. We need we need an offensive coach or something. Like we need we need to do better on that side of the ball, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. No. All right, but that's what I had to say. Gotcha, um, man. Yeah, man. I'm ten ten under five hundred. I don't know. I don't know. At what point do you just you wave that flag? It's coming. It's like a week. We're like a week away. We're like a week and away and a half. I'm ready. We're like a week and away and a half. I I was ready after this All Star break to wave the flag, but we we gotta be like about a week and away and a half. And hopefully, yeah. I I think I I think think, when you get to the point where you 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 mathematically cannot make five hundred, where five hundred is no longer possible. Okay, then you can just call it. Yeah, because. we got twenty something games left. I think at that. I think once we get to like sixteen games left, I'm, I'm hoping it's just all kids at that point because we don't need. To, we need to just shut, pull the plug, and keep it moving after that point. But like I said, this schedule coming up: seventy sixes twice, then the Suns, then the Clippers, then the Kings, then the Mavs. That's six games. <laughs> and maybe you know, maybe we pull some off with the Kings, but you never know. Some bonus out there playing with. Them. Who knows what's going on over there? But you know, that's you know maybe you can say five out of six games where it's looking it's looking like L's. Then we got Grizzlies. Then we got the Nets. That's yeah. That's eight games, looking crazy. And that that'll be it. That that could be all she wrote after that eight games, that eight game streak. But yeah, uh, then you can you can start seeing the kids pretty soon. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, man. That is our show, man. Thank you all for guys for watching. If you like the show, please hit that like button, please hit the subscribe button, and also, 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 please comment. Comment is going to help us tremendously as well. Uh, next game, next game is going to be Sunday versus the 76ers. And like I said, there will be a guest. It should be a guest coming Sunday. 
I'll have to confirm to make sure he was showing up. But um, definitely be here Sunday for our surprise guest. All right. That is our show. Um, and you know, we'll switch to this next screen real quick. Because you already know what the deal is. If you want to support KLT Squad, you already know what to do. Get those snapbacks. The black black and white and then blue and orange snapbacks at the nickatimeshow.com. Also, follow us on all social media. The KLT Show on Twitter. The Naked Time Show on Instagram. And also, the Naked Time Show on Facebook. And you can also listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can listen to the Naked Time Show. All right. Shout out to you guys, and you know what? As always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here, all right. That is our show. Uh, but shout out to Ronnie Sennon, B Wills, be civilized, picks for Timmy, tell them Alejandro, everybody else is rocking with the with the KLT show. Um, oh, you know what? Oh, my bad. Shout out to JT Riddick, my bad. Who gave the 999 super chat? It says, Your great game for the bottom on Barrett. Your shout out to my guy JT Reddick. All right, that is our show. We are out of here. All 82 game. Peace.